With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everyone, welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. I'm Darren Karp, and as always, I'm here with my lovely wife, John Thrasher. It's me, Vanna White, to Darren's Pat Sajak. That is right, and today, John, we kind of have a little bit of a different episode because, you know, normally we cover true crime, obviously, but, like, the reason I feel like Shaken and Disturbed kind of morphed into a way that it does because we don't have to necessarily just talk about murders. Like, there are a lot of crimes that happen that are equally as shaking and disturbing as some of the ones we cover. And and today we kind of wanted to cover one of those uh, crimes, if you will. We could call it a crime, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there's probably going to be some crimes happening (laughs) in the next couple of months, I would say, regarding this. But yeah, to your point, um, you know, there was a lot of conversation around the Britney Spears conservatorship over what the last 13 years, really. But yeah, but I would say it really came into the forefront yeah. this past year yes. plus um, in the pandemic, because I feel like we've seen headlines, at least growing up. I mean, it grew up being, you know, I, I liked Britney. I've never seen her in concert Um but I like Britney. I always respected Britney. I've always thought Britney was actually a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, like, I'm just going to say this. Like, when she was going through all that terrible stuff, shaving her head, just, you know, what everyone would be like, oh, Britney went crazy using this in air quotes. Because yeah. obviously there's a lot more sensitivity to that. Um, I felt horrible for her. Me at the time. too. You yeah. know, I never, I never am the type to really like make fun of someone. I definitely thought it was indicative of a larger issue. And Britney was really mm-hmm. like the pop star, and still is the pop star, but like yeah. certainly the pop star of our day, of our formative years. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, we'll get into like even all those details. I think a little bit today because we're gonna be recapping. Britney versus Spears, which is the Netflix documentary about it just dropped, just like, dropped weeks two ago. weeks ago, maybe yeah. yeah, two weeks ago. So it uh, there has been a, you know there was a Hulu special earlier in the year in February, mm-hmm. which I watched, which was great because I felt like that helped explain what a conservatorship is. Yeah, which by the way, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> I mean, we'll I mean get you know, it, but... I mean, I knew what a conservatorship was mm-hmm. in terms of like you know what sometimes it happens for old people who can't handle their yeah. um, affairs and and not just old people obviously all different types but like it tends to affect a lot of older people that might not be in you know it's it's supposed to protect the people that are incapable of protecting themselves sure absolutely um and so we have kind of a lot to get to because this case well this this britney spears thing we really want to discuss but are you drinking today as we go through britney versus spears yes i am and in honor of britney's album blackout which is 
widely regarded as her best album. And I am a huge, like you were saying, Darren, I'm a huge Britney fan. I have seen her in concert, actually. I'll get to that later in the episode because I do have actual thoughts about how it applies to our show today. But in honor of Blackout, I am having black coffee. I know, I know. It's okay. not, it's not, uh, you know, anything specifically liquor, but there is some Baileys in it. Does that count as something blackout with Baileys? I don't know, but that's what I'm having. Cause I can't find this apple pie stuff. I'm going to get to that again. We'll get to listener shout outs about that, but right now I'm finishing regular Baileys in my black coffee. It's weird. Well, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> uh, in, in honor of Brittany, um, sure. I'm going to drink something toxic. Oh. Um, um uh, and it's good. It's called H2O. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Have oh you ever heard my of this drink? God. I have heard of it. It's very toxic. You shouldn't drink it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because I know that it's toxic. Is uh, that what it's it is? Uh, yeah. Guys, summer is over. There's a chill in the air. Spooky season has arrived. So let's watch some scary movies. There's no better place for horror than Shudder, which has just kicked off its annual 61 Days of Halloween, which is a two-month, super-sized celebration full of new movies and series, like a new season of Creep Show and VHS 94, a brand new installment in the acclaimed found footage anthology franchise. And that's just the start of Shudder's unbeatable Halloween lineup. There are new specials from our girl Elvira and Joe Bob Briggs, a new season of the Boulay Brothers' Dragula. Definitely watching that. Their new docuseries Behind the Monsters on the origins and pop culture dominance of your favorite modern movie monsters and so much more i have loved browsing around shutter because they have such a unique library of content there's tons of international stuff that you can't even really seem to find anywhere else i don't even watch a ton of tv but i love streaming shutter's halloween stuff in particular from old classics to modern favorites shutter has what you want so get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes must-see titles like Vicious Fun, the Mortuary Collection, which I definitely want to watch, and PG Psycho Gorman, plus all the best horror documentaries and the hit creep show TV series from executive producer Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead. So to try Shudder for free... For 30 days, go to Shudder.com and use promo code SHAKEN. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and use promo code SHAKEN to try Shudder for free for 30 days. Um, well, let's get into Britney versus Spears because there's yeah. kind of a lot to uh, discuss here. So basically, this starts off, um, I actually love the title of it, Britney versus Spears. Because like, that's it. really what it is. Britney feels like this separate entity, even from the rest of her family. Yes. Brilliant um, titling, yes. Brilliant title. And, you know, it kind of opens up with everyone just screaming at Britney. And it sort of reminded me of like Beatlemania. I mean, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, Maybe older people out there who might not appreciate that analogy, but like Britney yeah. is a phenomenon in a lot of ways, and just like screaming girls all the way, it just reminded me of Beatlemania. And like, yeah. what always has shocked me, and I feel this way about a lot of pop stars, specifically Pink, mm -hmm. but like, imagine dancing, imagine singing as well as Britney does while also doing all this choreography. Mm, like, totally. how fucking difficult is that? 
Um, I I agree, and I think the opening montage of this specific uh, documentary, as you said, there have been a few. We're talking about Britney versus Spears on Netflix today. I just remember, like, it kind of flashed me back because they even have a little like CD player that said "Girl Power" on it, which was an homage to the Spice Girls, by the way. Um, oh, well, of course, of course. You know, it really did throw me back, and it it. You know, we get caught up in what Britney Spears is doing currently, like whether it's the conservatorship or her like latest album or whatever she's posting on social media. But I kind of forgot like she was huge. I mean, she in her still prime. is. And yeah, she, she is still. still. Is huge. She is still huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, Britney is just this massive person, and and yeah. basically these two people, Jenny and Aaron, were were going back to the fall of 2019, kind of before the world went to hell. And Jenny and right. Aaron wanted to create a documentary on Britney Spears and her career. Now, obviously, I feel like a lot of people, you know, like this seems like a daunting task to me, only yeah. because like you know. But we kind of find out that Jenny does like a form of Gonzo journalism with Britney <laughs> in a lot of ways, and we're gonna get into that. But like. Let me just tell you this. These opening scenes of, like, seeing Britney CDs. Like, I fucking yeah. miss boomboxes yeah. and CD players. And I had every Britney CD. And when she's, like, <laughs> lying, you know, sitting with her knees on the floor looking innocent. You know, like. She's just, not that innocent. You know, and I will yeah. say, and I'm very happy <laughs> that, like, Spotify and those things exist, right? But, like. Mm-hmm. The cover art of oh. a CD cannot be matched in Spotify, like, no. electronic form. It well, just can't. there's something, and I think this is why people love vinyl so much, you know? Like, they can hold the actual physical copy of something that makes them feel good or takes them on an emotional journey. And that is true. I mean, I think that's why, I don't know if you've noticed, but so many current artists offer merchandise that's like vinyl and cassettes even and I think it really is because people do want to be able to like touch and frankly you know decorate your room or your office with some of this swag so I totally feel you I agree I'm, and, I'm all for that and let me just give you guys some stats here because this is we're gonna go kind of by the year here because 2007 yeah. is really where this kind of thing goes off mm-hmm. the rails. But in her early days, like when she was first coming out with CDs when we were young, from right. about 1998 to 2003, so this is, you know, like 25 years ago, $73 million in worldwide record sales from Britney. Okay, that's, she is, she's a cash cow. Like this That's is a sh- big number for that time frame too, by the way. I mean, massive. Even yeah. now it's huge. And that's yeah. big. And, you know, we all remember K-Fed and Britney. You know, they're married for two years. Mm-hmm. And so... They that, have two kids, by the and way. I, yeah. I honestly think that that, because of her children with K-Fed, mm-hmm. probably made her... Think this is where she probably yes. was going through the emotional turmoil, if you say. Because obviously, like, I think yeah. first and foremost about Britney, one thing I think we learned from this doc and just watching her over the years is that, like... Yes, she's an entertainer, but she's a mom first. Like she totally. cares more about her kids than I than I can even possibly imagine. And you're you're hitting the nail on the head, which is the through line for me about her career and her life, which is that at the end of the day, she's just trying to have a normal life. There are so many comparisons I think of with Britney Spears and Michael Jackson. Now, listen, Michael Jackson and yeah. his allegations of child yes. pedophilia, yes. all that stuff aside. When you when you look at his life and his and famous his lack from a young of, age, yeah, it's famous from a young age. Has never had, you know, Britney never went to prom as far as I know. She never, you know, uh, 
had a lot of those the mickey mouse club or whatever right yeah it's you don't have a normal life not that it's a bad life it's just not a quote-unquote normal childhood right and when and when society is formed around those hallmarks and milestones and then you live this life without all of them you're going to naturally feel weird so my thought might just to finish my thought is that i think that you're exactly right in that what happened was she was trying to have a normal stable life with her husband at the time kevin federline and her two kids and that spiraled out of control and before you knew it she's upset about that part of her life now so we're, we're right. going to get into everything but it's just i i agree with you wholeheartedly about that well, so they're only married for two years. So let's fast forward to 2007. And yeah. basically we hear from Adnan Ghalib, and he's yes. the paparazzi that I guess it's kind of un... I, I, yeah, like, it's unclear. If they yeah. dated, yeah. I either black this out or he kind of... It's clear from the documentary <laughs> that at least Britney gravitates towards him because he's a yes. protector of him. Like, he, yeah. you know, he... He definitely, I think Brittany needs people in her corner. Um, and she right. seems like a sweetest pie person. And Adnan, he kind of is featured throughout this whole thing. And he's kind of giving this first can account of protecting her. But October 26, 2007, there's a custody hearing, um, Spe- Spears versus Federline. Um, and I remember reading headlines mm-hmm. about this custody hearing. And I think this is kind of where the media, and this is, a shitty fault on the media, but they do it all the time. The media starts to focus, I think, less on her, like, musical prowess and more on, like, the shittiness of her personal life. And you're so right. I mean, well, first of all, real quick about Adnan Ghalib is there were photos of them holding hands, I think. So, okay, maybe that – I don't know if that means they're dating. You're right. The documentary doesn't make that super clear, and I don't know. I'm sure there's a Britney fan listening that could clear that up. But nonetheless, about the media, it's like I remember thinking, like – I was just telling a friend about this after I watched the documentary, which was that, listen, we were only hearing about these stories through the same media outlets that were painting a picture of her like she was this terrible person. And like, you know, I was thinking about PerezHilton.com. Oh, and my God. And, and he's how, had to backtrack a bunch of that shit. Yes. He and contributed how, it to with this shit. I was just going to say, he, he, you know, we'll get into Sam He Lufty. outed people. He fucking outed people. Yes. Well, yeah, he would definitely out people. But especially around the Britney stuff, he was terrible towards her. Or rather, I should say this website was terrible towards her. Whether it was actually him, who knows. But especially about, like, Adnan Ghalib. And then we'll get to Sam Lutfi in a minute. And I was, and I remember Perez Hilton painted Sam Lufty. Is it Lutfi or Lufty? It, it's Lutfi. Lutfi. That's what I thought. As um, this quote-unquote terrorist. In fact, he called him Osama, Osama, like he was this terrorist in Britney's life. Everyone did, because I think everyone yeah. was looking at the family. And, you know, so so Sam Lutfi, yeah, for those yeah. who don't know, is Britney Spears' kind of former manager. Um, Britney did testify that he was a friend sometimes. That's right. Um, but eventually he's kind of calling the shots. And I think now when we look back, at the time, I think people thought it was Sam controlling Britney and doing these things. Right. And, but yeah. I think now, look, Looking back, and there's been a ton of Instagrams about this with the Free Britney movement. I think he was actually the one really protecting her, and I think he was. I know he was the one who was like this poor girl. And you know, to be fair, like the media is the one that like is just eating away at these stars, whether it's Perez Mm -hmm. Hilton or TMZ. But it made me kind of question, like during this whole thing, you know, after the whole Free Britney thing came out in February on the Hulu doc, like. Mm-hmm. I, everyone just kept saying, like, I'm sorry, Brittany. I'm sorry, Brittany. And I yeah. do think that there's, like, 
there needs to be accountability on the public's part for consuming this shit. I agree. You, yeah. you know, because like these paparazzis are getting paid in the six figures for a photo, sometimes seven figures for a photo if you haven't seen someone. And the reason that they're getting paid that much is because we're consuming that product like mm-hmm. we can't help ourselves, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> you're right. Yeah. So I think bait. it's a little, yeah, totally. And so I think it's a little bit on the public's responsibility here to be like, hey, this poor fucking girl, let's leave us alone. But well, that is exactly everything you're saying, I think, is exactly how the free Britney movement manifested out of that, because right. now, especially with social media and the way people can broadcast, even compared to 2007, when this was happening, you know, there weren't nearly as many of wa- many ways to broadcast yourself uh, back then as there are now. Now people are starting to hold a lot of these places and specifically the people in Bernie's life more accountable. So I completely agree with you there as well. I think now we do have the resources um, to kind of do that as a fan base. And we'll get into how the fans play into that, by the way. Yeah, I think I think sometimes there's a learning curve. I hope. I mean, Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, is like this still happens to this day. I mean, I just see like, and we'll get into it. NMR, but like even Adele is back, and all these women are just like hating on her for her body appearance. And it's like we've we haven't learned anything from this. But basically, 2008 is kind of where things get a little hectic. And in January, police are called to Britney's residence because she refuses to turn over the children to Kevin Federline at the time, which she was court ordered to do. And you know, there's these basically these fucking ambulance chasers that are just mm-hmm. like waiting outside and just trying to ruin her. Um, I mean, by the way, I loved this part of the documentary because through all those montages, you didn't hear anything. You you heard a little bit of music, but you just watched the these images of literally hundreds of paparazzi helicopters with spotlights outside of right. her house. Right, I mean, house. if there was drones back then, could you imagine? Oh my God. People I jumping mean... onto the back of the ambulances, as you were saying, and all you see is this absolute chaos about something that if it were any other person. Like, okay, imagine this happened to you, Darren. Say you had kids and you locked yourself in the bath, in the in a bedroom or something, and you just wanted more time with your kids, whatever. Do you think there would be helicopters outside spotlighting well, your I mean, house? That's, that's I mean, the point of fame. So that's why I think I that it's just like there's a really ugly side of it. And that's why I think that people mm-hmm. need to be a little bit more amenable, especially when celebrities have kind of breakdowns. And yeah. we hear from Felicia Collada. And I really relate mm-hmm. to Felicia because I am a person. I am an assistant myself. And, you know, that's you right. kind of are the gatekeeper for these things. Now, Brittany is Brittany's former assistant from basically 1998 to 2016, although notably not from 2007 to 2009. And I'm not really mm. sure why, but she's kind of still like, she's still in the ether so she can comment on this, even though she's not the assistant at the time. And, you know, the documentarians are asking Felicia these questions and she abruptly says, like, she doesn't want to talk about her dad. She's yeah. like, I'm not going to talk about Jamie. He wasn't really around. It was just basically the mom that was a very central figure in in her life, in her life right now. And this yeah. is where the family starts to get involved or we hear about the family getting in. It's not just Brittany now. It's the Spears' exactly. is, is clan. And we hear about this woman, Louise Taylor, who everyone calls Lou. So we're just going to say Lou oh, Taylor. Oh, one thing before you go, go on. I did want to ask you, what were your thoughts about the assistant Felicia like not speaking about things like that because I'm sure you've been put in positions yourself where people ask you about Andy and and probably some of his personal life or even his past and you have to find your own way to handle that right I'm assuming yeah I mean I think part of it is like you get a trouble 
for things that you say versus things that you don't say. And I think right. for Felicia, I think she's probably right that Jamie wasn't around at this time. And right. so, you know, he's like a chef or something. I think that's what he does. That's right, and so yeah. it's possible she just didn't want to misspeak. Also, there's so much legality going on, especially when sure. this was shot, that like I kind <laughs> of understand there's things that she can't say. And we hear about, all of a sudden we see that the Spears' family yeah. uh, has sort of hired, so this is kind of everyone else outside of Britney hired this family spokesperson if you will this woman named Lou Taylor and Felicia basically says she's not going to even touch talking about (laughs) Lou Taylor and I can tell that it's a very we don't know why yet but I can tell this is an extremely hot button issue and Felicia doesn't like her well and Felicia even is like by the way she'll just chew me up and spit me out I'm not talking and I, I just love that she was that smart you know she's like she you know it's like some people Sometimes you got to know your audience. You just kind of had to know. Yeah, you kind of got to know what's going on here. And I, I yeah. appreciated that she was aware of that. Well, so February 1st, 2008, the court places Brittany under a temporary conservatorship. And the conservatorship essentially has all these rules. And one of these rules is that when Brittany goes on all these interviews, you know, she's interviewing for Rolling Stone, Vogue, whatever, mm-hmm. that reporters have to submit questions ahead of time, essentially for the conservatorship to agree that Brittany can go do this. Okay, so this is kind sure. of this other, it's indicative of a larger control, I would it say. It is, but I think also you do have to think like, regardless of if there's a conservatorship like this is something that happens and I can tell you this as a producer who's worked with a lot of talent even Darren you I'm sure you've worked with this too a lot of people do just want the questions ahead of time so that they can formulate the right response and make sure nothing gets off track but when you add that layer of the conservatorship to this it's the first step of the control. control. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, there is this, I, I found this to be kind of ironic because, you know, there's lots of kind of going around with the family, but somehow the family really trusts Lou, uh, Lou Taylor, mm-hmm. that is, and kind of makes makes her Britney's manager and they trust her just because she's a Christian, which I find to which, be yeah. fucking hilarious for obvious <laughs> reasons. But yeah. so it, in the, in the, in the, basically the paperwork of the conservatorship, the documentarians are kind of yep. reading this and it says that it involves dementia placement. So it essentially says that, that yeah. Brittany is kind of compared to having dementia, which is odd because not only is she young, she's seems to be completely with it. She's creating dance routines. She's dancing. She's singing. She's an entertainer. Right. She's earning, you know, $60 million a year. This is not, and dementia tends to be, tends to be with older people. Well, so this is a weird clause in there. Absolutely very weird. And, you know, let's not forget the reason this conservatorship, you know, basically Jamie Spears is asking, you know, he wants legal conservatorship over her. And it's basically as a result of her locking herself in that bedroom to stay with her kids. Now, it would be one thing if, like, she locked herself in the room and had the kids at gunpoint, which, of course, didn't happen. But... The or threatening that, to kill herself, or which also didn't happen. Which which also, also didn't, didn't happen. happen, right. Like, those are extremes where, like, okay, somebody needs to really take control of this. You almost would be a little more sympathetic, but nothing like that happened, you know? Like, And so she loses her her um, ability, by the way, of consent with healthcare, specifically, like, what drugs she may need, um, the right to communicate with people, what the right to visit with or from anybody um and she lost the right to her estate including all of all of her money so her life now has just been handed over to her father uh this was february 1st 2008 
and it was temporary at this point but everything was now handed over to her father and her life was now in his control and i think now knowing what we know this is i think the family i'm going out on a limb here but i think the family is kind of starting to spread these rumors about people that britney has met independently like sam lufty Mm -hmm. um spreading these rumors so that the public thinks that they're bad too Mm -hmm. and kind of can side with the family and one of these rumors that's kind of spread is that sam um even biographers have sort of said this that he was crushing up drugs and putting Mm -hmm. it in her food but Mm -hmm. the odd thing here is to sam's point who's interviewed police never came to his door no charges were filed sam obviously eventually sues for defamation because if you're going to drug up if you were going to be accused of drugging the most famous pop star in the world don't you think police would come to your door (laughs) don't you think the family would try to prove that and then charge them but no that never happened and i think now we can see that this was just kind of a rumor that and that was one of the moments where i thought wow let me take a step back myself as someone who was consuming this media because i totally assumed like you know the reports were he was this guy and he was doing this stuff and you know the thing that he said in the documentary that i really appreciated he was like she was in a conservatorship. She was being drug tested, blood tested hundreds Every of times. Every day. Right. They never found anything. Nothing was ever positive. So like, Trust what? Me, if, if you're drugging, if someone thinks you're drugging the most right. famous person in the world, people are going to come Under, to action with this and that never yeah. happened. And and yeah. kind of even just furthering that, uh, Adnan, the paparazzi, he's, mm-hmm. we never see him, but he's definitely kind of this voiceover guy and he shows yeah. texts that happened between him and Brittany, basically showing that Brittany was complaining about her father being very overbearing. She hates her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this kind of starts in that. And, you know, I've like, again, like they just show that how Brittany through all of this, even though she's dealing with all of her kids' custody, her family fucking turning against her she is an entertaining genius and just keeps <laughs> yeah. churning out tour after tour and album after album absolutely album after album yeah. and this is where the doc takes kind of a turn because in the mm-hmm. fall of 2020 a year ago a source reached out to the filmmakers anonymously basically saying that they wanted the truth to be out there mm-hmm. and they wanted they want you know parts of the conservatorship when you get the court documents everything's redacted and you can't really see anything this source had the actual documents and mm-hmm. so while everyone's kind of claiming that Britney has dementia and she can't feed herself you know Britney's well enough to keep acting and creating yeah. even though the conservatorship saying she isn't well that she's emotionally unable to continue or handle her finances uh I mean clearly that's just not true that's just that's just clearly not true no I mean that is you know and there's a conservatorship lawyer who is who appears in the documentary and you know it's noted over and over again that Britney has appealed this conservatorship over and over and every single time a judge somewhere along the line says Britney is not capable of making her own you know thoughts about things she cannot handle a client lawyer relationship whatever and at one point in this documentary we learned that this person that was meant to represent Britney says, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to. It, actually, it says, I have it written down here. Britney doesn't have the ability to retain counsel and have an attorney client relationship. So I'm sorry, but you're going to have to be, you're not going to be able to represent her and I need you to leave the courtroom. Now, this is after, as Darren, you just said, she had pulled out multiple albums. I mean, this is like mid, I want to say 2008 at this point. And she's now released at least two albums, has done a tour or two. It's just, all of this is just adding up. And I do want, this is a through line that I wish I had more like 
ability and skills to kind of like research myself to me it just feels like there is a scam happening in the sense that people are getting paid off and the documentary definitely touches on this but i just don't know enough about it myself to really you know go into it but there are too many people benefiting off of her being in this conservatorship which well i think that's why that's clearly why the family wants to keep it because they're the ones benefiting so september 2008 rolls around and Brittany is now 50 50 custody with of her children with k fed but due to the conservatorship Jamie, her father, because he is the temporary conservator at this point, basically decides how much time Brittany gets to see her children. And this has just got to be absolute torture. And fast forward to 2009, you know, Brittany, you can just tell, only cares about being a mom. She only wants to be with her with with her kids yeah there's a moment right in, in this part of the documentary that really struck me and I got very emotional because she it's like you said she had just got custody 50 50 her dad is doing you know telling her what time and when she can do things we we learned that you know uh and a, a man named andrew who was like a documentarian or like a photographer or something was part of a group of people who trying to help. 30 people that arranged for her to drive her car for 30 minutes what just and to feel so, free for a moment for, for for a moment right and he's like what the fuck is going on here and in this moment we 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 snap back to Brittany, who i guess is like on set for like a movie or um, a music video or like photography or something and she talks about it and she's just like i'm just sad and she and she tears up and it's just i i can't imagine because i'm not a mom and i'm not a parent other than to you know to everyone listening of course my children but you know, to to in the serious note, it's like I can't imagine what it must feel like to live in this type of prison that has no walls. You know, absolutely. And and here's where the documentarian uh, kind of comes in. Uh, mm-hmm. She does a little bit of Gonzo journalism, a la like you know um, Hunter S. Thompson. And we're in January twenty one <laughs> of two thousand nine. Essentially, Brittany wants you know a lawyer. She wants a yes. new lawyer that's representing her that isn't hired by the conservatorship because she knows that her family doesn't have her best interests. And in order for her to get a court ordered lawyer that she deal that she thinks is right mm-hmm. to remove her lawyer at the time, Samuel Ingham, she has to sign this paperwork. But of course, of course, it's like impossible. I mean, the g- a girl can't even drive a fucking car for yeah. thirty minutes. So. Right. Basically, you know, her close friends, including this journalist who worked at Rolling Stone, who's a documentarian, Jenny, she kind of goes to the Montage Hotel where Brittany is, goes Uh into the bathroom, closes the door, gets the paperwork ready. Brittany follows her and is able to sign the deal that will hopefully remove uh, her lawyer at the time, Samuel Ingham. Uh But the court... This is probably through pressure through uh, the family. Court yeah. claims it's not her signature, and so nothing essentially happens with this. And Samuel which is, is still her lawyer. Yeah, which is insane. And by the way, this is at a t- this is a part in the documentary where I was like, it always feels to me like there's no way that this can be happening. Like I know. Well, that's what everyone says. So like, how yeah. can the court let this happen? I mean, how can this just occur? And like there's so much paperwork and there's so many things that it's really hard it it, the the system isn't perfect you know and knowing what we know now I think it's easy to kind of look back and be like what the fuck but like the media is a machine dude and once you get the public kind of thinking that Britney's crazy exactly then it's really easy to convince anyone from outside influence that she's crazy you know she doesn't know what she's doing she's shaving her head she Mm -hmm. you know um, yeah and my note it's really sad 
my note that I have in this moment is exactly what you just said. She's a victim of the system. You know, yeah. the conservatorship lawyer who appears throughout this episode, who I don't believe was connected to Britney, but was just lending his expertise to the documentary. He was like, I've represented dozens and dozens of conservatees. And he was like, not a single one of them ever had a job. And that, you know, this is like, the very last stitch effort to save someone's life and their their finances and their livelihood and obviously she is nowhere near that level of of needing help so you know i just kept thinking in this moment you know i have a note where i'm like this can't be happening let alone to a huge star with like the world at her fingertips and i always kept thinking it surely it's about to be fixed right like we're about to learn like Okay, you know, at this point, things got better. But, like, somehow it just keeps getting worse. Well, you know, Brittany obviously constantly talks about wanting to get out of the conservatorship. And she's vocalized this need, but it continually gets ignored. Brittany actually starts dating her agent. And I wonder, because they Mm -hmm. didn't really dive into this, like, can she date anyone she wants? Or does the conservatorship have to approve? And I feel like it's more like she can date who she wants, but she has to be home by a certain time if the conservatorship wants that. Or, like, she won't get to see people. And... Yeah, I wondered that too. Yeah, so uh, her agent at the time is this guy named Jason. And Brittany mm-hmm. and her agent, Jason, they get engaged. And Jamie and Jason, Jamie her father and Jason her now fiancé, mm-hmm. both become co-conservators because, so you weird, know. though. I, it's weird, but at the same time, like, of course your husband should be the one taking care of you, you oh, know. Right, like, yeah, that's fair. And, you know. Apparently, it comes out kind of in these court documents that were redacted, but that like this anonymous source shows to the documentarians that mm-hmm. they're they're the family's kind of drugging Brittany. There's different doses on work days versus non-work mm. days, and they're kind of claiming you know it's for her own mental health. But you know, I kind of get like having a few extra cups of coffee during the day when you're working versus not working, <laughs> but your right. medication should stay the same. And mm-hmm. Felicia, her assistant, basically says Brittany, you know, she loves performing, but makes it clear in the doc that she can't really continue on talking about it because she doesn't want to fight with the conservatorship. Like, this is so much that she can't even be fucking interviewed for this thing. Yeah, and by the way, this is now on to Britney's circus tour. This was like 2008, 2009, I think we're in at this point, somewhere around there. And she's continuing to make music and creating tours. And I think eventually she even says, like, she was the choreographer for all of the dancers as well. Yeah. Right. And how could she have dementia doing that? And not only that, to give you some... To give you some kind of stats on this, Brittany at the time was earning well over $50 million a year. And Jamie, her father, earned $2.1 million from tour sales as well. And he was given a $16,000 a month salary due to the conservatorship, of which he only gave Brittany $8,000 a month allowance. Now, obviously, $8,000, that's great. But she's earning fifty million dollars of her, her own. own money, exactly. So yeah. it's really it's it just goes and her father gets sixteen thousand and she gets eight thousand. I don't really know how that. Uh, <sighs> and this is where the yeah. headlines come in because eventually, you know, when Britney gets her Vegas residency, she mm-hmm. refuses to perform unless her conservatorship ends. That's this right. is where I think the public starts to come in and now have kind of. Um, maybe a little bit of stake in the game because now the public's like, well, we want Britney. You know, she's become yeah. this commodity at this point. So that's kind of, to me, when she refuses to perform, that's yeah. when the public gets interested in her conservatorship. And it's so interesting, too, because around this time, the Vegas residency, maybe it was just a little bit before, around 2012, 
Um, she continues to complain about her dad being in the conservatorship. She doesn't want him on it. And specifically, she starts complaining about his uh, alcoholism and his drinking. And there's a big altercation with Jamie, one of her sons, and Kevin Federline to the point where Jamie, the conservator, has a um, restraining order placed on him and one of the one of Britney's sons, Jamie's grandson. That's how intense, by the way, this ha- yeah. this this situation is getting. So, tell me who should be on a conservatorship? Well, I mean, should it be Jamie? Uh, I think it might that, be. <laughs> that's right. I mean, and and you know, June twenty third, just literally like four months ago of mm-hmm. this year, we actually got to hear the audio of Britney Spears yeah. pleading with the court, and and. And, you know, we don't need to play that audio. If you haven't listened to it, you really should because you get to hear Britney's, like, actual voice and the and yeah. just the desperation in her voice. And I and I kind of wonder, like, how could anyone listen to this woman and not want to help her or not believe her? Well, like, uh, and number one, that's absolutely true. And then number two, does that sound like someone with dementia to you or someone who can't control their own finances or their own life? Or okay. raised children. Or raised, raised children. children. I mean, one of the things I remember when this when a lot of this audio came out in June – I was listening to it like everyone else was. And the thing that really just killed me was the fact that she she had an IUD placed in her against her will, it sounds like. And she can't get it removed without, what, her dad's approval? Like, what is this? I mean, this is a woman well in her 30s. I mean, yeah, who, who, by the way, as I said over and over again, completely mentally there knows what's going on. And, you know, Andrew, who I was saying, one of her friends in this documentary, who was that photographer, documentarian, he made such a good point as he was talking about this particular um, hearing, because I think he actually went to the hearing as a friend. And um, he said on his way there, he was like, you know, the thing that just is so confusing about this conservatorship is there's never a resolution. It never ended. There's never a focal point of like, if Britney gets to X, Y, Z, we'll remove the conservatorship. It's just an ongoing. um, And not not only that, after this, after the public is even just on Britney's side, a week after we hear these hearings, a judge denied Britney's request to have Jamie yeah, removed. Exactly. So even when she sounds so we're amazing, like, it's what like what else does this woman need to fucking prove? Like <laughs> right. to to your point, it's like to what end? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, does she have to kill herself to prove that she's in the right state of mind? Like I thought what, about what that, are you Darren. Asking. I thought about that the whole time. I'm like and that's what I was saying when I made that note earlier. I'm like, there's no end to this. There's no, like, how is this happening in broad daylight, right. you know? Right. And I think public, I think the public here has helped um, a little oh bit. God, yes. Like, in terms of, I like, agree. just the shame of the family. Because in July, Larry Rudolph finally resigned as Britney's manager, right? So, like, that was a positive. Who- who, by the way, listen, he's her manager. So any of the money that has been negotiated and agreed to that she makes from working that is owed to him makes total sense. However, he is still a beneficiary of the conservatorship one way sure. or another, you know? Exactly. And finally, Samuel Ingham, her lawyer that she wanted to get rid of, that the journalist was like gonzo journaling, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get her... Gotta get it. Sam Ingham finally resigns July sixth of this year, which is I great. Wanna, amazing. And by the way, those two things are huge. These two people have been in her life since the very beginning of that of their careers. But well, Larry Rudolph with her career, but then Ingham in her in her conservatorship. 
that to me when i saw that ingham and R larry rudolph resigned i was like uh-oh they know they know they're not gonna get away with this anymore you know and yeah to me, it was a sign of really good things to come for, for Brittany, and we're, I think, about to get into some of that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I saw that as a good thing, for sure. Me, too. And she finally gets the lawyer she wants. Matthew, This guy named Matthew Rosengart uh, becomes mm -hmm. Brittany's new attorney and immediately files to remove Jamie as the conservator. And that was in mid-July, around July 14th. That's now, right. fast forward a couple weeks ago, literally a month ago on September 7th, mm -hmm. Jamie formally asked to be removed from his role as conservator and recommended it to be terminated. <laughs> the court will obviously, the court obviously decides whether that will happen for sure. Mm -hmm. And one could argue that, you know, why now? Um, and I think a lot of the public pressure had yes. to do with that, you know, because totally. he, had no in, he had no incentive to do it before. So I feel like the public's pressuring of this and kind of you know the i always say the best disinfectant is sunlight when all of this comes to light <laughs> this guy's not going to have a life anymore you know no one wants yeah. to be associated with this fucking guy by anymore. the way we should mention though the best disinfectant is sunlight but we don't want to put that in our blood or bleach or anything like that for the coat you know what i mean there's a lot of speculation out there yeah i don't want to how... do that <laughs> okay yeah but i um... will say yes i think it is a hundred percent well maybe not a hundred percent it is a large part of the fans being like, you finally, you know, you're getting what's coming. But also Matthew Rosengart being a huge proponent of getting rid of uh, Jamie is a big part of this too. Because remember, Jamie and Ingham have been, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know what the right legal term is, but they were both bene benefiting, excuse me, from this conservatorship. And now Ingham's gone and Matthew Rosengart is like, uh-uh, this isn't going to happen. In fact, he even, uh, there's a quote from one of the, um, I don't know where this statement is from, but he says, Jamie's abuses revealed in this film, which we were just talking about today, corroborate what Brittany and I have said in court. Jamie Spears is toxic to the well-being of Brittany, and she deserves to be free. I don't think yeah. the word toxic there was used uh Coincidentally, it being one of her biggest songs. No, but career. I think it's also <laughs> very showing of how he really is just like yeah. how he's just like killing her in a, in a lot of ways. And at the For end sure. of September, just a few weeks ago, the judge suspended Jamie from the That's conservatorship right. and installed a temporary replacement for just her finances, which, which is, is great. Yeah. That was a big win, you know, and and you actually wrote, according to CNN, Rosengart yeah. said the singer who did not attend Wednesday's hearing would like an orderly transition and an opportunity to put a plan in place to terminate her conservatorship altogether in the next 30 to 45 days. Yes, which is like that was the biggest aside from the judge basically saying like, you know, this is ending. This is like basically best best uh, case scenario and in fact the judge set a court date to consider her request on November 12th coming up coming up and an additional hearing is scheduled for December 13th to address any of the other outstanding matters in this case so you know look Darren you wrote it perfectly in our agenda go ahead and tell everybody what you wrote free fucking Britney dude I mean free <laughs> but you also wrote the fans did this and I think yeah obviously like I don't I think the fans caused it and did it at the same time, right? Because For sure. we fed we fed into it too. Yeah, and so you're right. I don't want I don't I don't I think it's like kind of a weird argument to make, but I do think the fans now, because of social media and the power of social media and how information can spread mm -hmm. and how she was able to still have a voice in all of this, I do think the fans played a huge part in freeing her, especially this past year, or in the process of freeing her, I'd rather say. 
I completely agree, and so much so that just a couple days ago on October 4th, Britney actually tweeted this. She said, quote, hashtag free Britney movement, which, by the way, I don't know that she has ever tweeted before, you know, like, but and I don't know that she even had control over her social media. I mean, there's a whole theory about that. Yeah, there's a whole theory. And she went down on Instagram. There's this whole theory and speculation about her Insta, at least. Yeah, and her tweet was, hashtag free Britney movement. I have no words because of you guys and your constant resilience and freeing me from my conservatorship. My life is now in that direction. I cried last night for two hours because my fans are the best and I know it. I feel your hearts and you feel mine. That much I know is true. And then she had a couple of like uh, heart emojis in there. And it's just so nice to, I mean, even the word conservatorship, like she never really talked about things like this so publicly. She probably couldn't too. Yeah, she probably couldn't. So I feel like this was the first, you know, I almost wonder if like she got her account back into her own arms or hands and then was like, by the way, here's my first tweet as like a free woman. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. and and honestly, like I never say this, but God bless. I I, I mm-hmm. I've always loved Britney, and she's kind of one of those pop stars that I just think is good to her fans. I feel that way about Katy Perry. I feel that way about Pink. Gaga, uh, yeah, there's like, tons of yeah, them, yeah, yeah. Just like the only thing I don't like about Gaga is that she's late to shows, even though she's <laughs> it's like. Why are you? But other than that, she loves her fans, Darren. No, I know her little monsters. I just like you know. (laughs) It's like when Madonna's nine hours late. It's like, sweetie, Madonna's one thing. Like we're moving on. Um, But (laughs) no, free fucking Britney. I I highly recommend all of you guys to kind of watch Britney versus Spears if you haven't already. Even if you're not interested in Britney Spears in and of itself, I think it just kind of goes to show, at least if anything, outside of all this. That it's really you should not believe everything that you hear through the so media, true. yeah. And I think that it, it, it that's important for everything happening right now, whether it's the COVID nineteen sure. vaccine or Facebook shutting down. Like, I think that people or Zodiac are, Killer, by the way. I, yeah, I yeah. think people rely too much on other people to be truthful and honest to them, and therefore they mm-hmm. just take it as fact. And I think it's it should be our due diligence as citizens. I was just going to gonna kind say, of like be yes. better than that, and, and uh, that's what way, I've learned from this doc. And sorry to interrupt you. Yes, I completely agree. And it's not about, you know, I think for me, it's just like understand the reality that even if it seems super duper true, you it's OK to realize and accept that you may not know the full story. We I mean, this is what we know, you know, presented to us in a documentary. And this is what we know that Perez posted back in the day. We don't know the nuances and the ins and outs of Britney Spears's everyday life or anyone else's life. So or any other celebrity. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, so it, accept that and be aware that like, you know, unless you have backed up sources and you have proof of things and this is the this is the application to true crime here, you know, you're not going to know every single answer to every single thing, you know. Well, and I, I think it also goes to show that a lot of people and, you know, we're victims of this, too. I think a lot of people view celebrities not as real people, as sort of commodities. Mm. And they're real people with real children. And, you know, they deserve just as much scrutiny as everyone else, for sure. But I think they also deserve just as much grace as you for would sure. give yeah. your friend. And so uh, with that, thank you guys so much for listening. But we're going to we're gonna end <laughs> even po- more positively uh, than, right. than the conservatorship. Let's get to listener shout-outs. Uh, go for it, John. Yes. Well, Caitlin in our Facebook group, Darren, has my back as I mentioned at the top of the show I am not able to find this apple pie um, Lord Bailey's I don't know where it is I actually looked again this
this week and I'm not finding it, but you know what? I'm still going to look. But she says, quote, listening to the episode where mom mentions the lack of apple pie Baileys. But let me tell y'all this knockoff from Aldi is just as good, if not better. And I'm tickled that I'm here to restock my supply while I'm listening. (laughs) She posted a picture of it, so I'm assuming she literally took a picture and jumped on Facebook and posted this. She said she tagged me in it saying, John Thrasher, I know there are Aldi in in Maryland, so you've got to get some of this. I will say, Darren, I live two minutes away from an Aldi, so I am going to check it maybe tonight after we record. To okay, see if good. We can so find next it. week we're going to need a report back. I will. I'll um, have a report. Yes. The Facebook outage obviously earlier this week meant we couldn't communicate with our lovely beautiful oh my children, God. which was very scary. Luckily, we checked in with some of you and you let us know you were okay. <laughs> Melissa said it was tough. Love you, mom and dad. Stop worrying about us. <laughs> Jessica said it was an okay day. I talked to my husband. He seems nice, which was the best <laughs> one. This is the best one, Jessica. Audie said I talked to my coworkers today. Boy, they are annoying, which was also good. And Catherine said, I think what we're all thinking, lots of sussy, sussy things afoot. That's right. Sussy things afoot with Facebook yes. going down. I agree. Um, so true. Thank and you guys uh, for messaging us. Yes, we, yes, we appreciate Yes, thank you. It. Obviously, let's do our one, two, three. One, one two, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. And obviously, to all of you guys out there, please rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. Those really help us. That's right. Um, and we really appreciate all your Patreon support. And we're going to be back next week with another you might, truly shaken and disturbing case. I promise you that. You might say that we'll be back to hit you one more time with another episode. Oh. oh. We'll hit you babies one more time Because next guess what, week. people? We're a slave for you. We're a slave for you in terms of podcasting. Absolutely. Um, right. You're not a womanizer, though, John, but this is a circus that we're running into. I mean, this could just go on all day, guys. This could just go on all day. we're going to do it again next week. We want you you to be saying, gimme, gimme more, gimme more, (laughs) gimme, gimme more. So that's what we're going to leave you with. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys next time. Free Britney. Bye. Bye.